transforming community. Peace in our human family. So below, feel the pain in my soul, the rep he'll dissolve. Organize, no matter the cost. Politicians start wars, they don't fight, they sit the poor. And nothing lasts forever as long as we stay together. Give hell to the masses, watch the unity rapture. This is for the kids and the culture. It's one love, one growth, one light, light warriors. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Jamar Jabari. And welcome to the Jabari VLC podcast. And I have a very special guest here. Um, his name is Ty Uhuru. Did, did I say it right, brother? Yeah, um, Ty. Yay, Uhuru. Up. Peace, family. Yeah, peace, peace. Uh, Thank I, you so I, I much for having me on. I truly appreciate you. Oh, definitely, definitely. Thank you for thank you so much for for reaching out because you you are a very uh, awesome person these are the type of people that i want to like have on the podcast talk about a lot of great topics and stuff um I, i'm going to have to switch your uh promo here because i put camp cleveland from your, your facebook but oh I'm that's cool you can leave, leave it. it that's dope no I that's that's it. cool <laughs> yeah yeah thank you that that yeah that flyer is real nice i appreciate well, that too oh thank you thank you so so tell us tell us a little bit about yourself ty like okay um I'm an author. I just released my first book called The Afro Set. I'm a historian, a genealogist, an archivist. I'm a musician. I'm an MC. I'm a world traveler. Um, I visited and traveled to roughly 70 countries around the world. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so what do you have like a top five favorite countries? Oh, uh, man. Uh, they would all be in Africa for sure. I've been to almost 20 African countries. So let me see South Africa, Ethiopia, Cape Verde, Ghana, Madagascar, Ethiopia. I'm definitely some of my favorites. I want to go to Ghana so bad. I mentioned that a lot on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Ghana is dope, man. I do educational tours. I take groups to Africa. Let me know if you, you know, you want to roll with us. Word, word. And he has a flyer that he sent me. So I'm definitely going to make sure I share that flyer out. And share out his uh his, his information. Um, so what what got you what got you so into doing this work? Like you're basically just helping people to reconnect, and that's 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 awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I started traveling when I was young. My mom, she was a bus driver. She drove a Greyhound, so she would take us on trips. You know, to places like New York, Chicago, Cincinnati, you know, Pittsburgh, places within driving distance. You know, <laughs> and then when I got older. Oh, no, I, I hit good. the wrong button. Sorry about that. Continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, once I got older, I continued to travel, you know, and I always had a love for African people and African history and black people, you know, on a global uh, perspective. You know, because my great grandfather, he was in the UNIA, you know, they came from Atlanta and they moved to Cleveland in the 1920s. And he was a follower of Marcus Garvey. You know, my grandmother used to tell me about it because she went to some of the meetings and some of the parades. She told me about them raising the red, black, and green flag in my city and, you know, different things like that. She said that her father told her that they was Africans and they should move back to Africa, you know. And then my uncle, my great-grandfather's grandson, he started his own 
uh, black power organization in the 1960s in Cleveland. It was called the Afro set. You know, Afro was short for African. So, you know, my family, you know, has a history of cooperative economics and giving back to the community and black nationalism and black history and things like that. That's so important, especially now in this time and era where we are now seeing a reconnection through our culture, through mainstream and in our culture within community. Um, I honestly am like so happy about that because I've noticed that we have had disconnections in the past. And I, I really love how there's a, revital, a revitalized statement saying that we need to like be more connected with our people in Africa, especially being descendants from Africa. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, love man. I read so much about Marcus Garvey as well too. That's so fucking dope that like he comes like your family with Garvinites. Like, wow, like <laughs> dope as hell. So when when, when you first went, how how like how like what was it like when you first experienced going to Africa? Oh, it was amazing, man. I was blown away. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, I had a friend. She lived in South Africa. She's from Cape Town. And she had invited me out there, you know, to visit. And then when I got out there, you know, it was just a very beautiful place, very beautiful people. The weather was nice, you know, beautiful beaches and landscapes and animals. They had nice malls, nice cars, BMWs, Bentleys, Benzes, you know everything you could think of cell phones and technology but you know i went almost a decade ago so back then there wasn't a lot of content you know as far as africa and south africa in particular positive content you know it would be rape murder disease warfare stuff like that they didn't show the developed side of africa so man and like i said the people i met they were very friendly very welcoming she introduced me to her friends and they family they cooked for me you know, it was almost like a celebration. They welcomed me home, you know. Wow. Wow. Yeah, see, that's amazing. And that story needs to be, like, I, which I'm already know you're doing a great job, but, like, more people need to talk about that, that visit Africa, especially our people, because we still have this ideal on the African-American side. Like, I've spoken to some of my cousins and stuff. They, they think that Africans do not want us over there. They think Africans... Uh, hate us um, and they, that's why they always say oh that's why when I travel I don't go to Africa I'll either go to Latin America or I'll go to Europe and I'm just like no like you make more money than me you should be taking advantage of this opportunity and seeing what is the truth but you know it's just it's, it's, it's that stigma and if it's not even that then they'll say oh well they're poor there it's just like we are just so like colonized to like not want to have any attachment with our our true origin because of all this pain and suffering so like stories oh like yeah definitely you're right you're right so what you, so you're so you say you dropped the book um is this your first book or do you have like multiple books uh this is my first book it's called the afro set so like i said my uncle he uh co-founded this group in the 1960s and this was during the black power movement so his organization was basically like they had a lot of social programs, breakfast programs, free lunch. Um, they did a lot of positive things in the community. They did community policing. You know, if pimps came into the community, they would run them out. 
prostitutes. They would run them out, drug dealers, you know, things like that. They would try to shut them down. You know, when the police came into the community harassing people, they would confront them. So it's a very exciting book. A lot of shootouts, rebellions, uprisings, riots and different things like that. You know, they opened up the they opened up the theater. Um, they would do poetry readings, fashion shows, musical performances, things like that. They had a lot of um, classes, too. You know, they taught self-defense. They trained with the rifles. They trained with machetes, sticks. You know, they did military drills, things like that. They had classes on drug awareness, economics. They taught African language. They taught Swahili. You know, they taught African history, you know, and different things like that, you know, so. And they also, they had a nursery also, you know, because it was more like a family orientated structure. So a lot of people that joined were from the community. They were brothers and sisters, cousins, aunts and uncles. Some mothers brought their kids up there. Some people met in the Afro set and they married and they had babies. And then that's why they developed the nursery, you know, so. And they had a shop. They had shops also. They um, opened up a few shops in Cleveland, Columbus. West Virginia, you know, they were going to different cities and in the shops, they were um, selling things like dashiki, dashikis, Afrocentric dresses, scarves, necklaces, earrings. They were making pottery. They were making paintings. So they were independently funded and they were at the forefront of reintroducing Cleveland and a lot of African-Americans to that African history. Because like I say, just 10 years ago, you really couldn't find positive information about Africa, let alone in the 1960s, it was almost non-existent. So it was a very significant, you know, organization. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And it's just, it's, I, you know, I have, I have people that I just met and I don't want to say their names, but like, I have had conversations with them and stuff like that, like non-black people. And even if you just mention Africa, they just say, oh, well, you know, they're poor. And, like, that's just the total, that's just, that's just the general mindset. It's just every every part of Africa is poor. And, you know, like, yeah, of course, there is a, a, a good amount. But you also have to recognize the wealth there. You also have to recognize the politics there. You have to learn, you have to understand why are these countries, are these countries, like, being, like, exploited? Cause that's what it is like i always some people disagree with me but i always say there's no such thing as a a poor country no country is poor because the the wealth it's about what the wealth distribution is and if the wealth is not going towards the people so of course you're going to think this country is poor but there's wealth in that country there's 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 resources in that country and you need to and we got to understand that it that those resources are not being allocated through the people, the citizens. It's being allocated through the rich, and the rich is getting it. The, the colonialism is, is 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 benefiting from the wealth of that country. I I, um, I I just hope, like in the future, that type of language is just destroyed because it just belittles what potential any country can have. Um, and so the group that you were talking about, um, that's the. Were they a part of the Black Panthers, or is this like a, another whole group that was adjacent with the Black Panthers? Well, they were out around the same time as the Black Panthers, but they were a little different. They were more um, Afrocentric. Like, for example, many of the Black Panthers, Fred Hampton, Bobby, um, Bobby Seale, Huey Newton, Eldridge Cleaver, you know, many of them, they kept, they kept their real names, or they kept the names that they were given at birth. 
you know, but the Afro set was a little bit different. When you joined the Afro set, they gave you an African name, you know, so it was more focused on African history and culture than the Black Panthers. I think the Black Panthers, they focused a little bit more on socialism and yes. communism and things like that. And in the book, I talk about this. The first um, Black nationalist group of the 1960s was RAM. So a lot of the, the influences and the things that we attribute to the Black Panthers by them being the most popular group, the most known group, you know, many of these Black power groups, they drew from RAM, the Revolutionary Action Movement, which was co-founded in 1962. And that's a very important thing because this group was founded before Malcolm X died. So they actually got a chance to work with Malcolm X. Whereas the Panthers, the Afro said, the Black Liberation Army, the Republic of New Africa, the US organization, all of these groups were formed after the death of Malcolm X. So RAM was actually co-founded by a Clevelander, Don Freeman. So a lot of those influences and things, you know, that that knowledge they got from Don Freeman. He was one of the editors of Soul Book. Uh, Robert F. Will Williams was the chairman of RAM. Huey Newton stated that. Negroes with Guns was one of the most influential books he had ever read. You know, Ram had a chapter in Cleveland, Philadelphia, Chicago, Detroit, and they had a chapter in Oakland. So, you know, they were um, active with people like Bobby Seale and Huey Newton before the formation of the Black Panthers. So those are a lot of little things that people don't know that kind of point yeah, back I, to the city of Cleveland. You're educating me right now. I, I did not notice. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, it's all good. Just sharing the information. <laughs> but it's, but it's, you know, it's, it's important information, you know? Right, right. Very important. I, I, I didn't know this at all. Um, I did, because, you know, all I, what I've read is just like, um, just how the Black Panthers were created and, of course, on everything about Bobby Sill and, and Fred, Fred Hampton. And, um, um, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that, that there was another group called Ram that, that was around way before Malcolm X was assassinated. And just off of Malcolm X, like what he did, just trying to build such a connection between African people, just, just shows just how powerful, because this movement is still going. Um, yeah, still definitely. Happening. I mean, you're right, you're right. I mean, but that's, that's like why I do the educational tours to clear up a lot of misconceptions and misinformation about Africa. Like you said earlier, um, a lot of times we hear people say Africans don't like African-Americans, but the reality of it is I never met any African-Americans that said, you know what, I was minding my own business and a group of Africans jumped me or an African robbed me or an African gang shot up my house or, you know, the things that we even see with the police where we seeing black people getting shot because they got a knife or they getting shot because they pulled out their wallet or they got their knee on their neck. And we see so many other groups of people, including ourselves, do horrendous things to African-Americans. But I've never seen Africans in general participate in any of this. So if Africans hate us, if Africans don't like us, what do we call what all of these other groups do to us? You know, and a lot of information you can look up, you can find the United Nations. They uh, do a survey every year. They rank each country in the world based on crime rate, gun violence, mass shootings, militarization, and things like that. And there are dozens and dozens of African countries that are far safer than the United States. Lower crime rate, you know, uh, lower mass shootings, 
lower homicide, lower violent crimes. You know, a lot of this information is concrete and you can look it up yourself. Like you mentioned, Ghana. Ghana is two, three times more safer than the United States, let alone a city like Cleveland or Detroit or New Orleans or Chicago or, you know, L.A., where it's just brothers and sisters getting killed every day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I, I, I so agree. And and I think that I think that the way that. I don't know, actually. But I do see a lot of good things in the mainstream with the movies and stuff like that. Um, I do think that there's a different tone, a new direction compared to the films we had in the 80s in the 90s when it was like black films. Um, I do see more of a connection, a more of a, a nuance, so to say. So I think that it's, it's happening and I hope that it continues because I just read a survey about how thousands of African-Americans have relocated to Ghana and they not coming back. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's the goal, man. You, you go to Ghana, you're going to be amazed. But the thing is this, it's more countries in Africa than any other continent in the world. It's almost 60 different countries in Africa. Yeah. Africa is the most genetically diverse continent in the world. You feel what I'm saying? A country like Ethiopia is 80 different ethnic groups. You know what I'm saying? How many continents have that much diversity? South Africa is 11 official languages. You get what I'm saying? So it's thousands of tribes, thousands of languages. You know what I'm saying? Just imagine, like you say, your friends go to Europe or they go to uh, South America or North America, for example. We go to, um, say, America, Canada, Mexico, Jamaica, Haiti. Dominican Republic, these places are totally different. The The lifestyle is different. The weather is different. The people look different. The food is different. You know, so many things. But if you go to Africa, Africa is 10 times more diverse than that. If you go to Egypt and go to Ghana and go to South Africa, it's like going to a whole nother planet. You know what I'm saying? So each country provides a unique experience within itself. Have you been to Egypt? Yeah, almost uh, probably like 10 times. Definitely. Is there a lot of brothers there? Yeah, definitely. Millions of dark-skinned black people, but Egypt... I'm trying to say that it's only it's only Middle Eastern people there. Like, everybody over here just thinks that. <laughs> well, it, it, it is some truth to that. See, the thing is this. Okay, the Arab invasion, I think, was like in the 7th, 6th century or something like that. So, mm -hmm. it's not the same demographic population that it was 5,000 years ago. So if you go to north, if you go to lower Egypt, which is in the north, go to Alexandria, Cairo, you'll see more Arabs. They are the the ruling class. The name of the country is the Arab Republic of Egypt. That's the official name of it. And when you go to like when you go into Upper Egypt, when you go south, you go to Aswan, Abu Simbel, even Luxor, you see very very dark skinned people. Black clearly black people. So it's it's kind of almost segregated, but there are millions of black people in Egypt. But the, like I say, the ruling class are whiter Arab-looking people. Okay, okay. So that, You that, see a lot of Nubians. You would call them, we, we call them Nubians, but they're, they're Egyptians too. Yeah, see, I would see, now that makes sense to me, because I used to always think for years, like, why, why do people always associate Egypt now to the Middle East, when it's not even in the Middle East, it's Africa? Like, I was just oh yeah, definitely. 
Because <laughs> it, it was, I mean, but that's a part of history. You know, most African Americans, we don't really know what happened in America, let alone what happened in Africa. So you got the Moors in the seventh century, you got the Arab invasion, you got colonialism, you got the scramble for Africa. You know, um, a lot of us are not familiar with those things and they're not explained to us. But you also have to go over there and see things for yourself. Now, in terms of the pyramids, the Valley of the Kings, the Valley of the Queens, um, and all of the murals and the ancient artwork, the people are dark skinned, they're black, they have afros, they have braids. You know, it's kind of like America, the demographics of America in 2020 versus 5,000 years ago. What, what did the population look like? Or even 500 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Shouts out to the indigenous people, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Definitely much love to them. They are, but like I just think I'm I'm so glad you reached out to me because like this is I'm learning a lot, man. And oh, me I, too. I, I'm glad you even give me the opportunity. I'm thankful for you, brother. Oh man, come on, man, come on. You already knew that you was gonna get on this show, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this who you are is all about what everything that we talk about all the time here in Connecticut. <laughs> oh okay. I'm gonna have to come out there, man. Oh hell yeah! We'll, check we'll host check it, y'all you out. Know I have. Uh, I'm I'm part of a, a socialist party, so we do a lot of a uh, a lot of events on, on black liberation, okay, LGBTQ cool. liberation. So definitely, we'll love to have you like a, a guest speaker or something like that. That would be thank you, thank you. Freaking phenomenal. It would be an honor. Hey, uh, did you add me on Facebook? Let's let's definitely stay connected. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna definitely add you. I hope I did. Oh word, word. So moving forward. Your music, the, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to your music yet, but if you can, to somebody that, like, say, I'm someone that just want to know a summary, like, what is the messages and what is the type of genres that you, like, dabble into with your music? Um, I mean, I'm an MC. I'm a hip-hop artist. You know what I'm saying? I come from Cleveland, so it's a little bit of that in my music, but for the most part, my music is... um you know, what you consider conscious music, uplifting black people, black excellence. So the last two songs I released, um, Do Revolutionaries Go to Heaven? Uh, that's a song that I wrote, recorded, and filmed. We did a music video in South Africa. In 2020, I was living in South Africa during the pandemic. So I spent a year in there. I spent a year in Johannesburg. And the neighborhood I lived in is called Mabo Nang. So it's like an art district. It's a very unique place because it's a lot of rappers, singers, drummers, poets, photographers, dancers, singers, artists of all types live in this community. You know, I've never been in a neighborhood like that. So I was able to, although everything was locked down, only thing that was open was the grocery stores. But I was just blessed because, you know, next door to me, a rapper lived next door upstairs, a producer lived upstairs, a photographer lived downstairs, a singer lived around the hall, you know, so I was still able to keep my spirits lifted and do what I love to do. So when I would go outside to the store every day, they had these murals on the wall, you know, pictures of Marcus Garvey, Harriet Tubman, Malcolm X, wow. Nelson Mandela, all of these strong, great black leaders. So I wrote this song and I recorded it. It's called Do Revolutionaries go to heaven you know so many people were dying last year and we really didn't know what was going to happen with the world so you know i was influenced by that and then another video i did the same year um it's called the blacker the berry you know it's just basically an ode to black women you know just letting them know that they are beautiful you know especially the dark skin 
queens, but also brown skin, light skin, mixed, you know, whatever. You know, we got black people all over the world. At least that's my perspective of it, you know, because I lived in Brazil. I lived in the Dominican Republic. I've been to the Philippines. I've been to Asia and Malaysia and Indonesia, and I've seen black people there as well, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Latin America, from my understanding, is the second largest population for African-American descent. Yeah, possibly, man. We all over, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's like this. Brazil is the largest Latin American country which has the largest Latin American population, which Brazil is majority black people, what we would consider black, either two black parents mix or their grandmother or a great grandmother. They have a significant amount of African ancestry in Brazil and they retained a little bit more African culture and music and dance. And you could see it a little bit more because it was more Africans taken. I think it was maybe, maybe four or 5 million were taken to Brazil. Whereas, in America, it was only maybe a couple hundred thousand. You get what I'm saying? They don't know that history. They don't know that. And they, 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 right. We, we didn't even know that they were freeing themselves in the Caribbean before, like, 60 years before we waited for Abraham Lincoln to do something here. Like, yeah. I, like, I have, I got to remind people of that because I just, I just feel like we still are in this colonized mindset just thinking, like, if we just get a good white man to, like, run shit for us, like how people were just so conformed to Biden, just pissed me off with, with my black community. You're like, bro, no, <laughs> no, yeah, man. you don't need a white savior. <laughs> but I mean, you 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 doing your part, man. You got your show. You can educate people. I'm sure people tuning in, and oh, you yeah. know, so you definitely bit, doing your. Thing. But you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, you know, you appreciate it, bro. And also, I want to ask you. So, um, crap. It was something I wanted to ask you that was very important because you mentioned it when you were discussing your music. Um, but uh, so so let's wait. It might come back to me. I didn't hate when this happened. I lose my thought. But Brazil, Brazil, definitely their their jujitsu, um, not jujitsu, their capoeira, their capoeira, uh, capoeira, capoeira. <laughs> It was like the dancing when you mentioned that they got that from Kenya. That was from that was from ancestors of Kenya. And oh yeah, they definitely brought that from Africa. I took I took Capo here in uh, Brazil. Oh, for real? Nice, nice. Yeah, definitely. I need to get back in shape so I can try those kicks again. It, it oh like yeah, you would like it. It's fun because it's like dancing too. You know, so you can you know mix it up. Because a lot of people don't know what capoeira is. You know, it's a dance, but it's a martial art. So they would practice dancing, you know, when they were around their masters because it was outlawed. But then when they were by themselves, they would use those same dance moves as defense mechanisms. You know what I'm saying? Because when they had, when, you know, like we would run away, we would flee to the north or flee to the south and try to integrate into another population of people. But when they ran away, they would build their own villages. They, they was called Columbos, and some of them were very successful. They were able to fend off, you know, the Europeans for hundreds of years. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, so I definitely, I definitely, that's a, definitely a history you need to teach in the schools. And also, like, I, I play percussion instruments. I, my oh, okay. My main instrument that I play is the djembe. And 
I I literally talk about it all the time how we use drums to signal rebellions and to signal mm. like like um like tactics to to attack um whatever white master that we had to get after and stuff like that like it, it was just so many intelligent ways that we use to communicate with each other without words just so we can just fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We made a, we made, we we had a lot of victories, you know, that people don't talk about or they don't know about. You know what I'm saying? A lot of success fighting back, you know. And you know, I I just I I boycotted um, watching slave movies for right now because I just feel like that's all they show here in America until they started coming out with Black Panther and everything. Because you know, and I heard that. Uh, that's the, that uh, Michael B. Jordan, when when they drop this movie Mansa Musa, I think it's uh, it's going to be very significant of showing like a past before slavery, before colonial colonialization. I think it's going to show a past um, of just how rich and bright, vibrant Africa it was, and how Africa still is. And I hope. It brings out a message that's positive, and I, I, I still haven't like fully tried to like understand what is it that I want from that movie, the message to bring out. But I hope that it brings out something that that shows just how beautiful and how like it will make people want to visit more. Honestly, that's that's what I think. definitely and learn more also. Right. Right. And it'll drop away and kill stigmas of what they always thought about Africa. Um, Because, you know, like, even, like, they'll just make jokes about it now and be like, African babies are starving and shit like that. I'm just like, bro, like, (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. It still bothers them, you know? And it's like, they're not the only ones. You know, we got to think about the Yemen kids. We got to think about all these people that are being starved by the, the rich elite and the power that they have. And we should be talking about bringing down that power and instead of just making jokes about starving children. Like, it's, it's just so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, and also, um, I remember my question now. So when you were in South Africa, COVID, what was that like in South Africa? I mean, honestly, living in South Africa was an amazing experience. I mean, I couldn't have been locked down in no other better place than South Africa. I got a lot of friends there. And like I say, the neighborhood that I was living in, Mabo Name, I had everything I needed. I could record music. I could shoot videos. I could write songs. I could blast my music. You know what I'm saying? So it was a, it's a very lively area. You know, although, you know, the bars and the restaurants were shut down, a lot of people still would come through the area. You know what I'm saying? So it it was amazing, man. And did they lose a lot of people or was it like controlled easier? Or Well, I mean, in terms of 2020, Africa as a whole um, didn't suffer as much from the pandemic. I think Africa right. suffered the least amount out of all the continents. But I'm not really sure right now. I think the numbers in South Africa is probably the highest in Africa at this time. 
2021. Have you met any Cuban doctors? Say that again. Have you met any Cuban doctors? Have I met a Cuban doctor? Yeah, I stayed with a uh, a Cuban family that was doctors. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, because that's another thing. Like people think Cuba, like healthcare is just trash, and I'm just like, bro, like they was in Italy, they saved Italy, now they're in Africa, and like it's like you you're not reading this. <laughs> you where are you get? Yeah, no, Cuba. <laughs> they have like um they have free healthcare. They have free college. It's just it, um, how can I say it? Like, if you're looking at it just materialistically, you know, you're looking like, oh, the cars is old, the buildings look old. But as far as their access to technology and medicine, that's probably one of the best places that you can go. You know what I'm saying? As far as Cuba, Cuba they, they have programs where African-Americans can move to Cuba and go to college for free. You know what I'm saying? And learn, as you know, in terms of medicine, they can study for free. Right, right. But, you know, my brother, like, when I say this in Connecticut, people look at me like I got three heads. Like, <laughs> especially when they freak out about that, this thing right over there. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, what are you talking about? And then they give the same speech that they heard in school. I have, you know, you, should, you probably should look up your history. Del Castro has murdered millions of people. Like, really? But I mean, but, but when you in Cuba, I'll tell you this. Like when you in America, every video, every picture that you will see of Castro, he have on the army uniform, you know, he have on the green uniform and he's always like yelling. You know what I'm saying? But when you in Cuba and I've seen this for myself, you see pictures of him playing basketball. He have on regular clothes. You see videos of him playing tennis or swimming. You know what I'm saying? They show him as a human. You know what I'm saying? But he has done a lot. I would say Cuba, him, him, Cuba, Che Guevara, they have done a lot to aid and assist African countries. They helped South Africa, Nelson Mandela. They helped uh, Angola, Namibia, the Congo. You know, they've sent thousands of troops, thousands of weapons and food and medical supplies in efforts to help liberate African countries from European colonialization. But that's something they will never teach you. You feel what I'm saying? And it's it's kind of sad that it's like that because there have been so there have been there would have been so much more for what humanitarians um, that well self-proclaimed honestly humanitarians here in the United States that say that they're pro-human rights but they still believe every single red scare that the United States throw at them while the United States is the leader of no. Of not actual human rights, they they go to wars just to be against human rights. But apparently, what they say, what the FBI say, what the CIA say, is always just going to be seen as facts and put inside our books to believe twenty four seven. When the CIA and FBI has dealt in so many ways to try to kill our own leaders, but we want to trust them. <laughs> it's just it's mind boggling. The, 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 just how fabricated and strongly it's felt, and and I, Cuba is definitely one of those places I just want to go to so bad, just because of their connection that they keep towards Africa, and um, I used to I, I was able to see one of their fashion shows and 
how beautiful their fashion shows were. It it literally just made me like. I was like, God, I need to like, I need to go. I need to go there. Yeah, so, definitely. You should definitely go to Cuba for sure. You'll like it. Mostly everybody I know, they have a good time down there. It's a very unique place. It's not too many places in the world that you're going to find like Cuba because you still, um, I guess it's still a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I think recently they just started allowing, allowing people to get on the internet. Like I said, the cars and the buildings are still old fashioned. So it's like, you kind of going back into time. But I, yeah. but you know, it, it's a, it's a good experience. It's a place that I would recommend everybody go to Cuba, at least to visit. But you gotta, you gotta check. What you say? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say you have to double check because sometimes they change it. Every time we get a new president, you know, they they put yeah. new stipulations on it and things like that. I had one a couple years ago, so. Yeah. I've been like two or three times. Obama, right? That was during Obama's era. I went there. Uh, I think I went when Trump was in office too. I went like two oh, or really? three times. Oh, I thought he banned people. He was trying to, so I don't know. They might have closed it. You know, like I had to double yeah. check. And that's crazy. <laughs> <Within itself. laughs> but that's how they are. They they want to come after Latin America real hard. They want to say it's our backyard, like as if they have claim to whatever politics that self-determined governments have there but that's just a whole nother discussion <laughs> it's just the same way they treat africa you know you know what i was reading obama's book and he was talking about how he felt bad about bombing the african countries there and how he had to how he had to kill these these uh, african terrorists and then was thinking like oh i could have brought them to new schools or something like that i'm like okay so why didn't you think of an alternative before before you just started just killing kids like you literally are saying you drone strike kids and shit. Like anybody reading this and like not mm. thinking, <laughs> like, mm. just fuck me up. <laughs> but it's a very it's a very deep understanding that like we just we have to like kill this Western ideal. It's the Western ideal that's not giving us our true identity, and you're definitely one of the people that are on the forefront. That's killing this Western ideal and like showing people, and, and you're and you're from America. You're you're African American, right? Like yeah, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. It's amazing. Like I can't even believe it. You know, like you meet so many people, so many black people. Like I come from a, a, a church of, of like my dad was a pastor, so you already know just how like much we just like try to stay away from topics like this and and just. Even bringing up topics like this, just the biasness that we were saying, and that's just from our hearts because that's all we knew. But if we want mm -hmm. to travel more and get a, no, a more clear understanding, I'm not Christian right now, but if I was like able to bring my parents to where the places that you were talking about, just how they'll probably break down and cry, honestly. It's like, wow. For years, I've just been thinking a certain way, but it's really so much better. Um, I definitely want to have you back on this show, uh, but oh yeah, it'll be an honor, King. It's going on right now, so I. I, I oh no, it's good, good man. I appreciate this. <laughs> I ain't complaining, bro. I'm enjoying every minute of it. Word, word, word. Let's definitely try to get you back on, man, because this is this is freaking dope.
um, to everybody that's going to be hearing this next week, uh, I'm going to send out his, his, his links and also have his uh, flyer out so you could try to take advantage of the opportunities because he's helping people travel and stuff. Um, to get over there, it, it's like a little payment plan and stuff you do, right? It, it's explained in the, in, the, in the flyer. Well, yeah, I got to break it down for you. Okay, so we got seven African tours. Um, mm-hmm. Right now we go to Ghana, South Africa, Kenya, Egypt, Cape Verde, Senegal. And I'm looking to add some more tours, you know, maybe we can add Tanzania and Madagascar and a few other places. Um, you could go any time of the year. You could pay in full or you could do a payment plan. So if you want to plan it for five years from now, three years from now, next year, next month, you know, you could do it. It's flexible. You could visit one country or you could visit multiple countries. You know, if you want to stay for one week or two weeks or three weeks, you know, it's very flexible. Um, The tours include a round trip flight, hotel, breakfast, dinner, all of the activities. So, for example, if we visit Egypt, we go to the Valley of the Kings, the Valley of the Queens, Hatshepsut's Temple, Temple of Karnak, Temple of Luxor, Red Pyramid, Bent Pyramid, Step Pyramid, uh, Pyramids of Giza, you know, ride the camels, ride on the Nile River, go to the Cairo Museum. All of these activities are included there. You know, once you pay, you don't have to pay again for admission or transportation or anything like that. Uh, the tours include flight insurance. The tours include uh, travel insurance, you know, if you get sick, get injured, if you get COVID and you can't take the trip, you know, you will be reimbursed through the insurance company, you know, so it's a, it's a very safe and fun experience. Okay, yeah, definitely check that out, everybody. I'm definitely going to check this out. So, and and if you guys have, like, certain dates, like, 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 little deadlines, if someone's trying to, like, travel, like, within a year, like, what, like, a date to look forward to? Uh, they can go any time of the year, whatever dates is good for you. So like, oh, I'm supposed to do a tour in May, then I got another one coming up in October and then another one in December. So you can go any time of the year. You can pick your own dates. Or if you want me to add you to another group, I could do that too. You know what I'm saying? Either way is fine. That's, ab- that's absolutely amazing. Thank you, Ty, so much for your time and we'd love to have you back on again. All right, this King. Is- peace. Peace, peace, brother. And this is all right. If y'all if y'all need to contact me, y'all know you said you're gonna throw the links up. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and I'm under the uh, name Camp Cleveland. And I have a website too, campcleveland.org. Have a good one, brother. All right, peace, King. Oh, yeah.